0: And since Summit was birthed to be unorthodox. Brother Urshan, we love you. Come and take your liberty. Let's put our hands together one more time under the Lord. Let's continue to love him together right now. Oh, what a beautiful spirit is in this place. Oh, let's just love him. Let's continue this beautiful atmosphere of worship. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Great God of Israel, speak to our hearts, stir us, change us, make us in your image. Thank you, Jesus. How many feel like God is doing something life changing right now? Amen Thank you Brother Wesley For obeying the Holy Ghost As he preached And as the words came out of his mouth I just I was stunned By what he was saying Because Well you'll see I believe that in this last day that there remains a revival and it is a revival of action where people don't just stay inside but they take it and they go outside I think there's young men that feel what I'm saying right now. I think there's young ladies that feel what I'm saying right now. And I think there's some seasoned saints that are saying, let it be. Let it be. Because we're not satisfied with just having a move of God. We're here to turn our cities upside down. For Jesus' name. You can find a seat. I know what it's like to stand. And I don't think that it will be anticlimactic. Because what I have laid on my heart, God has been dealing with me, speaking to me. And I want to con- just continue what is already here. So many things have been spoken and dealt with in the Holy Ghost that I feel like I need to entitle my message today the mirror that the man who is a sentinel Repeatedly makes better. (laughs) (laughs) And all kidding aside, I am stunned by the choreography of heaven. God wants a message to get across and he, he speaks through people and we come from different parts of the country and even different parts of the world and it's not possible to coordinate in an earthly manner but heaven knows how to accomplish its mission. How many believe that? You're, you're sitting together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus right now. And we're not going to take a back seat. We're, we're, we're not going to sit quiet anymore. We are going to take the dominion that God has ordained. Amen. 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 Let's jump right into it. Stand with me. Turn to Genesis 44. I give honor to Pastor Mayo. I don't want to spend a lot of time in preliminaries because it's like a speed bump in what the Holy Ghost is doing. Love you, Brother Mayo. Love these ministering brethren. Let's move on. (laughs) Genesis chapter 44 and verse 30. And the scene is where the brethren are standing before Joseph. And they are having to confront the realization that he has set a trap to determine, if you read these chapters, to see if ye be true men. And now Judah has realized that the jaws of the trap have slammed shut and he has now confronted to reveal what is really in his heart. Benjamin is threatened with slavery. Israel is threatened with death. And Judah is caught in the pincer movement of Joseph's plan to reveal whether or not the brothers have changed. This is where we pick up Genesis 44 and 30. Judah says, Now therefore, when I come to thy servant, my father, and the lad be not with us. Seeing that his life is bound up in the lad's life. It shall come to pass when he seeth that the lad is not with us. That he will die. And thy servants shall bring down the gray hairs of thy servant our father with sorrow to the grave. For thy servant became surety. For the lad unto my father, saying, If I bring him not unto thee, then I shall bear the blame to my father forever. Now, therefore, I pray thee, let thy servant abide instead of the lad, a bondman to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brethren. For how shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? lest peradventure I see the evil that shall come on my father we are looking at an unprecedented book of acts revival and there has to be a spirit grip the church that says it's more about it's about more than just me there has to be a spirit and an awareness of other That we have to get a hold of. If we're going to see a book of Acts revival. And I want to preach to you for these few moments. How shall I go up to my father and the lad be not with me? Look at the person next to you. Tell him I'm going to get the lad. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I'm stunned, Brother Jackson. I'm stunned by what you preached. Um, Not just because it's in sync with what I'm looking at and what the Lord has spoken to my heart. But because it is synchronized in detail. And it tells me that God is interested in a church that uses the tools he gave them. We were never designed to sit in four walls. Those who are trapped in four walls are usually considered to be under siege. And if we stay inside and we don't venture outside, we are missing the greatest treasure. And usually it takes lepers to show up and say, you know what, if we die in here, we die. If we die out there, we die. So whether we stay or whether we go, we die. Let's go and let's be about what heaven wants us to be about. Do I have any lepers in here right now that say, you know what, I'm dying anyway. I might as well go out in a blaze of glory. I don't care if they laugh. I don't care if they make fun. I don't care if they mock. I'm going out. I'm going out. I'm going out and I'm taking what God has ordained. Amen. Amen. The apostolic church can't become another denomination. Denominations become insular. They become inward focused. And and I'm not against that. We have to look well to our house. But there is great power in fulfilling, in allowing God to work through us, because it won't just save the person you're reaching, it saves you. Maybe I need to say that again. It's not about just saving them, it's about saving you. Because you'll backslide on a church pew. You'll backslide from boredom. You'll backslide with the same old, same old. You'll become a professional Pentecostal that knows how to play the game. That is a taker rather than a giver. But somebody has to reach down inside of them and say, He gave me power not so I could have goosebumps, not so I could be the best musician, not so that I could just run the aisles, but he gave me power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon me that you would be witnesses unto me. So I wish the book of Acts church would stand up and say, he's talking about me. You can be seated. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That's the revelation of the one true living God. Which coincidentally is the greatest revelation there is. No other commandment greater than that. And then it segues into apostolic worship. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God. All thy heart, mind, soul, strength. So, oneness of God and the worship of that one true living God are key elements in what we have here right now. But he did not leave it there. And there are many people who stop there. But the next portion goes on to say, That we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Oh, hallelujah. And if we don't have a revelation of other, then we don't really have a revelation of God. The Bible says upon these two do all the law and prophets hang? It's the kind of thing that when I get a revelation of another and my responsibility to other, when I get that, then I start to get a hold of what Paul told the church at Rome when he said that the whole law is briefly comprehended in the fact that you are to love your neighbor as yourself. You don't have to worry about keeping thou shalt not kill, Still, commit adultery, bear false witness. Because it's all briefly comprehended in love your neighbor as yourself. If you'll just get those two, you don't have to worry about all the other ones. They will just happen. And whether I want to embrace this or not, I have to embrace it. Because I can't fully understand God unless I understand my brother. The, the writer deals with this. What I'm saying is, if we can't reach our brother, then we have a God deficiency. Because you can't say that you love God whom you have not seen. If you do not love your brother whom you have seen. So shouting and worshiping was never meant to be independent of reaching the other. But you shout because you are reaching the other and because you are worshiping God. And because I love God, I love my brother because he's made in the image of God. And I can't comfortably shout while my brother goes to hell. Don't you sit inside those walls. Don't you sit comfortably on that pew. Don't you run the aisles without an awareness that my neighbor is dying. That my relatives are dying. That my family members need Jesus and they need him right now. Hey. Amen. You and I, and consequently my brother and my sister, are made in the imago dei, in the image of God. And if you can comfortably walk by people, if you can comfortably not have an awareness of your brother, of your sister, then you have failed the commandments that hold this whole thing together. And the church will dry up, and people will dry up. And and it will not function the way it was designed to function until we know there's one God, and we worship him with everything we have, and we go and grab every living creature and say, Come with me and experience this thing called Pentecost. Somebody has to go into the highways and the hedges. Somebody has to go out and get the blind and the halt and the lame. And you got to bring them into the marriage Come on, the house is supposed to be filled. That my house may be filled. That my house. You want to see a nuclear explosion in the Holy Ghost? You couple brotherhood with worship of the one true living God, and you will fulfill. It's a spirit as old as Cain when he... Kills his brother and he, he asks the question, Am I my brother's keeper? And the answer is yes. And the blood of Cain cries to God from the ground. And I, for one, don't want blood on my hands. I don't want to walk by people that I work with and not bring them to this experience. I, I am convinced that the apostolic church is, is not operating at its potential because they haven't got this revelation yet and the, and I can feel an awakening I can feel a an awakening and a budding it's in our young men as they say wait a minute there's more than this it's more than just preaching a message where people shout a little bit and they go home and they stay the same it's it's more than just going through the motions of church and people backsliding because they're not active in the ministry Hallelujah, there's a revelation coming to the apostolic church and that is that the same spirit that was on the apostles is the same spirit that is upon me. Hallelujah. The spirit of the Lord is upon me and he's anointed me to preach, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. There is a book of Acts revival, and it's here right now. We don't need another young man to learn how to put together a three-point sermon with an introduction and a conclusion and learn to wear the tie and hunger for the pulpit. That's not what we need. We need young men and young ladies that strap on shoes and walk out into a community and say, I'm going to be about my father's business. The shout that propelled me on Sunday is the power that drives me on Monday. Get out of the walls. Get out of the pews. Get out of your comfort zone and go and bring your Because I can't face the father if my brother's not with me man I know you can feel that somebody right there I want you to let that hit you in the head like a two by four you shall not see my face except you bring your brother with you. Hallelujah. We're not going to shout just yet because i got to tell you some stuff. Amen. You can be seated. See, this thing... This worship, this praise, this atmosphere that we have, it's not mature until praise is linked to brotherhood. My worship is hollow until I allow it to mature into the full-orbed worship. When John the Revelator saw the multitude praising God, he did not see a solitary experience but he said i saw a multitude 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands this is not about me making sure i make it to heaven if you are solitary the odds are you're going to backslide because this was never designed to be a solitary dynamic this isn't just about you making it a- if you are solitary If if you're only about you. Be careful if you're only about you because when you're just interested in yourself, you have a way of selling your brother out. I want to talk about praise for a little bit. I want to talk about the praise that's here because I don't want empty praise. I don't want, anybody can say it. But I'm not interested in just saying it. I I want the faith with the works. Show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith is not illustrated by vocalization. Faith is illustrated by the doing. You know, by faith, Noah built. By faith, Abraham went. By faith, Abel offered. By faith, Moses went. Faith isn't described as a solitary event. There's a verb. There's there's an action. There's a doing that couples with faith, and it's faith with works, and that's how it's demonstrated. And you don't have faith unless you're doing it, brother. And Joseph looked at them and said, I want to see if you've got the revelation that you're supposed to bring your brother with you. So if you be true, men, bring your brother with you. (laughs) The evidence of whether you really got it. The evidence of whether you really have what you say you have. Well, we've changed. It's different. We're not like that. Yeah, then bring your brother with you. Because until you bring your brother with you, you aren't convincing me of anything. There has to be a spirit of going and getting my brother that grips me. That grabs a hold of me, that says I'm not complete without them. Hallelujah. Amen. This thing was never solitary, it was always a group thing. Hallelujah. I wanna go up with the multitude into the sanctuary of the Most High. Amen. You can be seated. I want to talk about praise because what we're doing here is not complete unless we bring the other. <laughs> this is where the church is going here now. It's, gonna, it's going from more than a shout into action. Oh, hallelujah. You watch Judah. When, when when the patriarch looked at Judah, when he looked at Reuben, he says he's unstable as water. He looks at uh, Simeon. He looks at Levi. They're instruments of cruelty. He looks at Judah And he says, Judah is a lion's whelp. There's an immature, an immaturity to Judah. I don't have to tell you that Judah is praise. You've heard it preached. Judah means praise. When Judah was born, she said, I will praise the Lord. He's given me a son. When you walk into this place and you praise God, you're unleashing Judah into this house judah was the tip of the spear judah was the praiser but 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 judah when he is first beginning is not a nice guy praise when it's an immature experience doesn't accomplish what it's supposed to fully accomplish because before it's fully mature it's a lion's whelp praise when it's just words is just getting started Anybody can say it, anybody can declare it, anybody can vocalize it, but it's not supposed to stop there. There's supposed to be a maturation. There's supposed to be a strengthening. There's supposed to be a growing. And if Judah continues, Judah will give birth to David. That's worship. And if David continues, he'll give birth to salvation. That's Jesus. If you'll allow it, and he's the lion of the tribe of Judah. So when you when if you'll allow it to continue into the fullness of what God designed it to be. People are going to be saved. They're going to fill the house. It's going to be a multitude. It's going to be a full orb, full experience, apostolic administration. But you cannot stay in the larval stage. Hallelujah. You Got to get off of the pew and get out in the community. You, you, you've got to go up into the highways and the byways. There's people right here. God has already been talking to you. God has been speaking to you. God has been stirring you. the Jackson, you know why we're not seeing Book of Acts miracles? Is because miracles were always designed to further God's purpose. And when we stop furthering God's purposes, miracles dry up. When they came out of Egypt, they were going into God's purpose. And as long as they walked in God's purpose and walked in the spirit, water was coming out of rocks. Bread was coming down from heaven. Oceans were parting. Plagues were happening. Corrupt kings were being toppled. God was doing miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. But when they got to the point where their heart was hardened and they fell in the wilderness, yes, God still provided. Their shoes didn't wear out. Yes, Yes, their clothes didn't wax old. Yes, God kept giving them bread. But the miraculous administration of God's purpose came to God put it in park for a little while. I believe that God will sustain and God will provide and we believe all of that but I believe that if you're going to see miracles you got to step back out into the middle of what God is doing and say right, God you said you'd go with me you said you'd be with me now I'm walking out into some desert land and I'm taking territory and I need you to provide I need you to sustain I need you to confirm the word with signs and miracles following I need you to He's not going to do it as long as you stay inside. You got to get out. You got to get out. And if you'll show up, he'll show up. So praise has to go through a maturation process. You can be seated. You know, something about praise. We're good at praise. We're good at worship. Apostolics know how to worship God. I like apostolic worship. I don't want Gregorian chants. I don't want the battle hymn of the Republic. Now I'm all for it. Praise God. I like it. But man, my goodness, you got to come out of the Civil War up here into 2016. I don't want pipe organs. I don't want smoky incense in languages I don't understand. I don't want formalities and, and, and ceremonies. We need apostolic fire-filled worship. Hallelujah. That will, that will knock on heaven's door and will rattle hell's gates. Apostolics know how to praise. We're the hand clappers. We're the foot stompers. We're the ones that know how to call down fire from heaven. You can be seated, but but if you're not careful, I'm just going to talk a little bit about this. As we grow more professional, we can perfect the process more than the purpose. Some of my best services when we're, were when we weren't as polished as some might be because we had the purpose firmly in view. But somewhere along the way, if you're not careful, you'll fall in love with the process and you can become a professional praiser. You, you, you have to be real careful because the two times when Judah sold out God's purpose, money was involved. It wasn't Reuben or Simeon that collected the money from the slave traders. It was Judah. And you can sell out God's purpose if you don't have an identity. You can sell out what God's doing. You can sell out your brother. Oh, it's not limited to the Old Testament. Skip into the New Testament with me and you'll see Judas over there. It's just another derivative of Judah. And he's counting out the money as the Pharisees pay him to betray Jesus. Be careful about professionalizing praise. I'm not saying you can't make a CD. I hope you do make a CD. I hope you charge money for it. I hope it makes a good living for you. But I, but I don't ever want to get to the point to where I'm such a perfect tenor and I'm such a perfect soprano and I'm such a perfect lead and I've got the bass just right and I and I and I'm singing like an angel and I'm living like a devil and I'm and I'm and I'm no longer I'm no longer about my brother and now I'm about putting on a show. Now I'm about making people happy. I'm becoming a professional. I'm becoming. I'm learning the game. I'm I'm arguing over who plays the drums. I'm arguing over who gets the lead part. I'm arguing over the silly stuff. And all the while, I'm selling out my brother. See, I know a lot of paid, skilled people that sold out Acts 238. Well, y'all don't pay me enough, so I'm going to go to this church over here. I know they don't preach the truth, but. And Judah starts collecting the money. This thing can get so professional and become such a show that, that it's not the purpose of the Father. Hallelujah. Amen. I want skill. I want excellence. I've enjoyed the music, Brother Mayo. Man, it's dynamic. It's powerful. And it's anointed. (laughs) See, I'll take anointing over talent all day long. You can hit a few off notes. That doesn't bother me. I just want to make sure somebody gets the Holy Ghost. I just want to make sure somebody gets baptized in Jesus' name. I I just want to make sure that there's room for my brother. I just want to make sure that the purpose of the Father isn't lost in all of this. (laughs) It surprises people, but music is not a New Testament administration. You can be seated. You got to be careful with it. it. It can be very powerful. And, and, and you'll see, David's a minstrel. He calls, and one prophet called for a minstrel so he could bring the Spirit, so he could prophesy. It's a powerful tool, but it's not the same as preaching. You are not saved by singing, you are not saved by a wicked drum roll you're not saved by a double bass pedal or by slap bass or by an organ b3 hammond you are saved by the foolishness of preaching it is preaching that will break the rock in pieces it is preaching that will break open the prison door. It is preaching that will set the captive free. It is preaching, preaching, preaching. It is preaching that will make the way. It is preaching that will convict the sinner. It is preaching. His word was in my heart like a fire shut up in my bones. Come on, let there be a revival of the word of God. Let there be a revival of the... Somebody help me contend for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. you can be seated so sometimes praise has to go through some tough spots and Judah had to go to school to learn what brotherhood was all about it's sandwiched right there sometimes it's a footnote it's it's a place in scripture people don't want to talk about because it's awkward But between when they sold Joseph out and Joseph's ascension in Egypt, you'll see Judah meeting with Tamar. God knows how to make praise grow up. God knows how to give praise, a revelation of brotherhood. (laughs) Because Judah had a boy named Er, and because he was wicked, the Lord slew him. And then Onan was supposed to come to raise up seed to his brother. And the same guy that sold out brotherhood and the concept of other is now forced to face it in his own family. Something about when it touches you that it gets real. Onan doesn't want the responsibility. There's a responsibility that comes with preaching this gospel. Amen. There's work involved in raising up babies and... Making sure that God's purpose keeps on going forward. This thing wasn't just about having babies and and having kids and property rights. It wasn't about that. It was about a Genesis 3.15 prophecy that said a seed would be born. That would bruise the head of the serpent. And the serpent would bruise his heel. And every baby born was one step closer to the the seed, to the promised one. And when you had babies, then you were fulfilling the purpose of Almighty God. And there was a Savior that was going to come. Not only was it going to come, it was going to come through Judah his (laughs) line. So Onan, he doesn't fulfill his obligation. He doesn't raise up seed. And so now Tamar is left childless. And Judah, his wife dies. Time goes on. And the Bible says that Tamar realized some things. She realized she was never going to be given to wife. It was never going to happen. It's a, it's a, it's a weird story. It's just tucked right in the middle of, of this account of Joseph. But it has everything to do with other. She saw that Sheila wasn't going to be given to her as her husband. As the, as the law stated it was supposed to be. So she dresses up like a harlot. It's, it's a difficult story. It's a complicated story. It's an awkward story. Amen. And it's an ugly story if you want to get right down to it. But, but it, God was just keeping praise honest. Because praise run amok can kill a church. Unless praise fulfills what God has designed it to fulfill, then then it's not going to do what it's supposed to do. I'm gonna tell you right now if we are just here and we're just going through the motions and we have no intention of taking this back home, something is broken. This was not designed to be us for and no more. It was designed to raise up seed, it was designed to have a move of God. It's the seed of life, it is heaven's DNA. It is the word of God and it was designed to be preached in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I can't just shout without being involved with winning souls. I can't just clap my hands without seeing a move of God in my community. I can't show up to the Father without having the lad with me. Amen. You can be seated. There's a lot to it. There's a lot I could go into. You look at Judah and Tamar and you think, how in the world can anything good come out of that? How does God look at a situation like that and judge it accurately? Who's right? Who's wrong? I don't know who's right, who's wrong. They're probably both wrong. There's probably fault on both sides. But I just suspect that Tamar had something Judah didn't have. When it was all said and done, she's got his signet. She's got his staff. And and she's pregnant. She's with child. Judah is ready to kill her. And she says, I'm pregnant by the guy that has this right here. It's you. And Judah realizes the trick that's been played and and he says she's been more righteous than i why because at the core of it tamar was about fulfilling the purpose of god there's got to be there's got to be a spirit inside of the church that says i got to have children and if praise isn't bringing me children something's wrong if the services aren't producing baptisms, if the services aren't producing the Acts 2.38, John 3.5 message, hey, you sold one brother out. Are you going to kill me too? There's got to be a spirit that gets a hold of you that says, I got to have babies. I got to have babies. I got to teach Bible studies. I got to knock on doors. I got to witness to the gas station attendant. I got to witness to the cashier because I got to bring them with me. I got to bring them with me. I got to bring them with me. Is this all right? Yeah. The Bible never said, Let me go into the house of the Lord. The Bible said, Let us go unto the house of the Lord. Yeah. There has to be other, there has to be another. There has to be my brother with me. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Would to God. That young men and young ladies in this place wouldn't say, well, they didn't give me the song that I was supposed to get. I'm offended. I'm going to go home. Well, you, know, you got 25 drummers lined up. They all get offended because they can't play. What? I pray that you grab a handful of flyers. I pray that you develop the tools to go out and bring your brother. If ye be true men, are you truly apostolic? Are you what you say you are? Are you book of Acts or are you some modern... true men then go home and find benjamin you say you have a brother bring him to me because i won't believe you are what you say you are until you you can be seated felt so good. I had a little survey in my hand. I had a a packet of flyers in my hand. And I walked out. Nobody knew it. I was alone. I was 22 years old. And I went door to door. Before, Before I jumped into all of this, I was doing a lot of that. You don't have to worry about opportunities to preach. If you'll go, God will exalt you. Your gift will make room for itself. Make foolproof of thy ministry. Well, if Brother Mayo just give me a chance, well, if Brother Parker just give me a chance, if one of these elders... No, you need to go out and say either God is with me or he's not. I have a message. I have... Oh, what are you doing? I'm grabbing Benjamin. What are you doing? I'm grabbing my brother. I'm bringing him to the Father. I'm going to the... Because you're not a true man. Unless you bring him with you. You can be seated. When they went back home, Joseph said, you shall see my face no longer unless you bring your brother with you. And he filled up their sack. And he put their money back in it. I like what you said, Brother Jackson, because there will be a revival of giving when you go home to get your brother. You won't know where it came from. You don't know how it happened. But the Savior just has a way of slipping money back in your sack. He's doing it to see if you'll do what you said you'd do. Are you really going to get him? Are you really... God, I feel the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it's a book of Acts revival. And it's waiting. It's waiting on somebody to get a revelation and say, I'm not going to kill my brother. I'm not going to sell my brother out. I'm going to bring my brother. I'm not the man I was. I know I've been going a while. But he'll fill your sack with corn. Yes. Amen. He'll give you provision. But the provision is not so you can just get goosebumps. The provision is not so you can say, I'm apostolic. The provision is not to say, didn't we have a great service? We ran around the aisles, we shouted, we hooped, we hollered, but nobody got the Holy Ghost. The provision was so that you might bring your brother back with you. It's always about the purpose. It's never about you. He didn't heal them because he had nothing else better to do. He healed them that they might know the kingdom of God was at hand. You want God to provide, start teaching Bible studies. You want God to provide, start knocking on doors. You want God to provide? We don't need more pulpiteers. We need more people that bring their brother. You can be seated. It's, it's out there in the field that God showed me things that blew my mind. Because, because Joseph has a way of revealing himself when you bring your brother. It wasn't until they brought in Benjamin that he couldn't take it any longer. And he wept and he washed his face and he revealed himself. And he said, I'm the one. Man, I wish I had more time. I'd talk to you about how Joseph is a foreshadowing of Jesus. How there's 20 pieces of silver and 30 pieces of silver. How that he saved the Gentiles and then he saved the Jews later on. My God, there's so much revelation there, but I didn't see any of it until I went and I got my brother. Can you teach me how to preach brother Urshan? Wow, that's powerful. Wow. Oh man, did you hear that? He just really had a good one. This is not profound to be profound. This is this is something that I saw as I was in the mission of my father, as I was in the vineyard working, and I was in the work of bringing my brother with me. He said, "Hey, let me reveal myself to you. Let me let me show you a little something else." Let What revelation from people that don't understand the mission And if I could say something that would wow people, then I'd really get to preach the big services. You have no idea the purpose of God. We don't come with enticing words of men's wisdom. But we come in demonstration of the spirit and with power i want to see the deep things of god but god doesn't open them to you until you go and get benjamin young preacher it's not about preaching high-powered messages it's about bringing your brother hallelujah it's not about copying brother so-and-so or copying brother Jackson or copying this guy and how, how does he do that or how does she do that. No, it's about going and getting your brother and bringing him and saying, this is what the master's looking for. This is what the provision is all about. This is what the revelation is all leading us to. I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up. I'm wrapping up, but I, you know, when they came back in and they, they come into Israel and they say, dad, we got to bring Benjamin. And Israel says, we need more corn. Go back, go back and get more corn. That's the church saying, where's the miracles? Where's the provision? We're in a famine Where's the miracles of our forefathers? And, and Judah has to look at the church, has to look at Israel and say, you got to send the brother. You got to be involved with the purpose. And the church is scared. Could, there's so much I could lose. People are going to laugh at me. People are going to make fun of me. Here's one. I'm going to lose my best young soul winner. He's going to want to go start a church. I can't do that I got to hold them 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 in Brother Prado said something the other day It rocked me back on my heels He said we got to get to a point Brother Urshan Where we realize church growth Is not about building up the church It's about emptying out the church Come on Come on Come on church You got to send them You got to send them If you want the corn, if you want the wheat, if you want the gold, you got to send them. You got to send them. The promise is there. Send your boys, send your girls. Let them go. Let them go out. I feel the Holy Ghost right now. It's a big message. I, I'm not trying to say, "Be irresponsible." I'm not saying, "Be flighty," but I am saying, "Let's be book of Acts." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, this thing is woven. It's woven. Through the tapestry of the book of Acts. You got the oneness of God. You got worship. It's down. But the Bible says that Israel looked and, and, and Judah got the revelation. He said, I have got to take care of what God has sent me with. Because, because the lad is bound in the life of my father. This thing's woven throughout this message. Soul winning. and Revival. And the sense of otherness and going and getting and compelling and bringing. It's it's a part of the tapestry. It's woven throughout. And if you don't do that, if you don't take care of the brother, Israel dies. If you stop going, the church dies. Oh, you'll still shout. You'll still praise. But it's just immature Judah. You haven't, you've got the fact that there's one God and you love Him with all your heart and mind, but I wonder if you love Him with all your strength. And you haven't loved your neighbor like you love yourself. And and Judah looks at him and says, Dad, if we don't go, we die. In, In other words, Dad, it's not an option. You see, it's not an option to go out. You keep thinking, let somebody else do it. Let somebody else get it. No, no, I'm talking to you. It's not an option. You're going to die if you don't go out. The church will dry up. The worship will dry up. You'll create an inbred situation. You'll create a distorted, warped situation. You cannot get locked up inside. You cannot. I had a choice. I could have evangelized. I could have gone to big churches. I could have worked on my golf game. Because what am I going to do with all that time while I'm preaching these big messages? I hope I'm not getting too real for you. And so God said, you're going to Honduras for a little while. They don't have very good golf down there. Why are you you're crazy? Oh, there's Urshady. There he goes again. He's lost his mind again. What in the world is he doing? I'm trying to learn another language because my brother's down there and I got to bring him with me. And I'm going to learn it because those same brothers are over here and I'm going to learn to speak that so I can go out and get that brother. See, because my brother's brown and he's yellow and he's black and he's white. My brother... My brother, my brother is all of those things. And I got to go. I got to go. Because how, how, how shall I come to my father and the lad not be with me? It has to wake you up at night. It has to bother you. It has to propel you. They come back. You know, Reuben said, Dad, Dad, I'll do it. Slay my two sons if I don't bring him back with me. But Reuben, you're unstable as water. See, you can't have a half-baked attempt. You can't have a, oh man, that was a good service. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And Monday you forget all about it. Reuben, you're unstable as water. And you're not the one that's going to do this. I need the praisers. I need the worshipers. I need Judah. Judah is the one that's going to stand up. It's not you, Reuben. My God, Brother Jackson, you're in the Holy Ghost. You said he's unstable as water. I don't want an unstable evangelistic effort. I don't want to be hot and then cold. I don't want to hear from God and then dry up and forget but he said to me reuben can't bring it judah has to i need some praises i need some worshipers i need some prayer warriors i need some dancers i need some shouters you're the one you're the one The Bible says, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. It doesn't say Reuben and his brethren came before Joseph. It says Judah and his brethren came. And Judah looks at Joseph. And they find the cup in Benjamin's bag. You know the story. You're spies. Leave the boy here. And now here we are. Here we are. Are you different? Are you changed? Do you really have this revelation? Or are you just a bunch of talk? And Judah, he's watched die. He's watched Onan die. He's watched Tamar rebuke him. And now the lion's whelp has turned into a man of God. And I wish that I could take what was in Judah and pour it into every young man in this room, every young lady in this room. Let my life be surety for the lad. I'll give myself. I'll give myself. I I need a young man to stand up and say, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. It's what's required. Here am I. Send me. Honduras, I'll do it. South America, I'll do it. The wrong side of the tracks, I'll do it. Because until you're ready to give yourself for the lad... That's when Joseph opened up everything. That's when Joseph revealed himself. That's when the provision came down the pike. That's when he said, now I know. Because how can I face God if I don't bring my brother with me? I can feel it. It's all over this building. I'm stopping right here. I'm just continuing where Brother Jackson started. Don't you let it die here on Friday afternoon, don't you? Don't you let it die here in this building. Don't you go home. Don't you go home and pull a Reuben on me. Don't you go home with an unstable, half-baked, half-remembered experience. You can't do this, Reuben. We've had enough, Reuben. We've had enough of that. We've got to have the real thing. Hallelujah. I need praise to grow up. I need apostolic worship to do what God designed it to do. I need my shout to become more than a Friday afternoon experience.